You know, people ask me over and over again, why did I start trading? You know, David, you have this great business. You know, you're coaching lots of people. You're changing lives. You're inspiring them. I could still do that, you know. I got no problem. I can coach anybody to figure out who they are, what they're all about. I'll call you out on your shit. I'll go through that whole process with you. And and I can do that. But that isn't a challenge for me. You may think you're a challenge for me, but you're not. I've seen your shit before. I've seen your stories before. I've watched you as a human being so many times before. So what if your name is Bill or Ted or Carol or Alice? I've seen you. I've seen clones of you. So the stuff you're going through is not unique. And that's the beauty of actually going and talking to somebody who understands things. So why did I go and why did I move to the stock market? There's two reasons. I'm a highly motivated person. I never wanted to do the same thing day in and day out. It was not me who I am. So what I did was I figured out, I don't know, like one day, and this is the true story. One day I was watching a YouTube video. I was looking something up for my daughter and then Jason Bond, who's now in prison, um, he's, uh, he was a, 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 one of those guru marketers, you know, that pretended he was a stock trader. I caught his video and I interviewed him on the podcast and I was actually looking at crypto at the time and there was this guy Bennett that I was getting coaching sessions from and I mean he was coaching and talking to me and I was like fucking sitting there scratching my head going what the fuck is this guy talking about holy shit these charts are hard I finally became one of you one of you people that I've coached many times over who have trouble with approaching or talking to strangers and so forth. So why did I get involved with stocks? Because it's the ultimate challenge. It's a rush. It's all psychology. Everything about it is psychology. It, you see it on the charts. People are on the charts. I see the people in the charts all the time. I see the battle. It's not the bears versus the bulls. It's the boys versus the girls. It, it's, the, it's the greedy buyers versus the sellers. It's the people who are daring to go higher, daring to go higher, when other people know that they're going to sell it. It's a game. It's a game that I can play every single day on my computer. No different than jumping on and playing Nintendo. I mean, it really is. It really is a game. Everything about it is a game. So I'm sitting here and I'm watching some videos, okay? And the videos are really interesting because there's always the person, the personality type. And that's the beauty about understanding human beings and understanding human psychology. When I look at a stock chart, I understand human psychology because it's the humans that are pressing the buttons, whether it's an algorithm bot that was programmed by a human or it's just an actual human being. I know what they're thinking and I know what they're doing. There's also different personality types. So there's different types of traders that mimic the different personality types that we have in this world. So there's a person who buys the new high when it breaks resistance, okay? It doesn't matter if the stock's been up one wave, two waves. It doesn't make a difference to them. They're just new high buyers. They'll buy new highs. They'll try to push it up one or two candles, and then they'll, you know, they'll probably go out and try to get a profit on it, right? But the thing is, just like any strategy and anything in life, nothing is 100%. So there's always going to be the time when you get your ass handed to you, and you got to be ready for it. So I was explaining those type of buyers, those type of personality sitting here right now. And they asked me, well, 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 what do you mean? It's like the bears versus the bulls. And it's like, well, it's got nothing to do with the bears versus the bulls. It has to do with the humans that are there behind it. So I showed her exactly what happens. There's a resistance line that just hangs out right there. And there are people that are sitting there waiting for resistance to be what? To be broken. Okay. When it's broken, they're just going to jump right in. Now, 
a retest trader like myself, I would prefer to go up over resistance, come back into resistance, hold resistance, and then give me a smaller candle, okay, to get in on because I think there's a less amount of risk there and a higher probability that we're actually going to go and make a new high at that time. But we were watching something, and don't forget, every pattern doesn't work out, right? So, and that's the thing about the stock market, like life, not everything is always going to work out. So that's why there's no formula for how you go and talk to somebody. You know, what do I say? What do I do? How do I talk to this person? Is there one thing I can say over and over again that's going to work? No, there's not. It's about looking and seeing your environment and reading the people that are in there and reading the charts. You compare it to stock trading. So I explained to her, I looked at it and I said, no, look, I said, do you realize that that bar was very, very big because there were a lot of new high traders that jumped in, new high resistance breaking over traders that jumped in. They were like, man, oh man, oh man, I'm going to jump in here because this is a proven trend and I'm going to go ride it up because it's going to the moon, right? There's that going to the moon mentality, the person that thinks they're just going to get rich. They've got that get rich mentality and they think this is going to be the biggest move they've ever done. So what happens is they get in. The problem is, okay, there's a predetermined something up top. It just stops. You ever wonder you watch a stock and it just stops? Why does it stop at that specific number? Well, if you go back and you look at the charts and you dig into charts on the hourly chart, the four-hour chart, the two-hour chart, the daily chart, the weekly chart, the monthly chart, I guarantee you that that number was important sometime in the past. And that's the reason why the stock just seems to stop there. It might have been just maybe 20 minutes ago that it stopped there. But it might have been six months ago that it stopped there. It might have been an old pivot point. It might have been something that was hanging out and some algorithm or bot or a lot of algorithm bots just knew it. So here's this person. They just bought over the resistance. They think it's home selling right now. They're looking at the five. They're on the one-minute chart. They're looking at the five and the 15, and they say, yeah, home, baby. We're going to ride it up there. There's no pivot. There's nothing hanging out up top. But they didn't look at the hourly chart. And the hourly chart happened to have the 50 MA staring at staring that big bar right in its face, literally going, fuck you. Try to cross this, baby. You haven't crossed this fucking EMA in in in." 20 hours. You haven't been there in a long time. I'm not letting you through on the first time. No way, man. I'm not going to let you through the first time. So you see, you have traders that are looking at that, saying to themselves to that, hey, wait a second, the 50 MA, that's a big, powerful moving average, okay? This stock has not cracked the 50 MA in 20 hours. It's not making it through the first time. Let's sell there. Let's short there. So what happens is you have a bunch of people that are that are looking at the higher time frame and they have their sell orders waiting because they've made the profit from the from the way down, right? You got all those new momentum traders that are in this bar, right? So you got a lot of combustion. Then you have short sellers that are waiting up top. They're layering it just in case it doesn't make it to the penny. They're going five cents, seven cents, ten cents, fifteen cents. Okay, their average cost in on their short because they're, they're wrong. They'll put a stop loss 30 cents above it, not 10 cents, because a lot of times there's a 10 or 15 cent poke through, depending on the price of the stock. That's you trying to get shaken out if you're short. What I like to do on those trades, and I've done well on those trades, is I like to just keep shorting all the way up. If they're going to give me 20 more cents, let me take 20 more cents. Nine times out of 10, okay, I watch it and it actually will reverse. Now, I don't know how big the reversal is, but that doesn't matter. 
the psychology of what I'm really explaining here is that you have all these new buyers, okay? Then all of a sudden you've got the short sellers up there. The people have looked at the higher time frame selling their position that they've been in a lot longer than you. And then all of a sudden that big green candle, okay, that looked like it was going to the moon is now this long, skinny-ass, anorexic person, okay, with a club foot right at the very, very bottom, okay? So you've got this tall, anorexic, skinny person with no muscles, and all you have is a square ass on the bottom, a club foot, whatever you want to call it, okay? So what happens then? What happens to all the people, all the people that were hanging out that just bought that? Well, the people who bought it a long time ago, they're feeling great. The people who just shorted it, they're happy as hell. They want more shorts and more sellers to come in because selling will be get selling. So what happens psychology, okay? People will panic. The people who just bought will be like, oh, no, I've seen this before. I got to get the fuck out. I got to get out because if I don't get out, okay, this thing could really, really reverse, and if it really, really reverses, my losses can be big. And that's when you have the bag holders. The people always say, oh, man, I, I own, you know, CHR stock at 40. And, you know, I look at the chart and it's at a dollar. Wow, you're really expecting it to come back, $39. Well, you know, I could have gotten out of 35 but I believed in it. It's a stock, not a marriage, okay? It's not a relationship, all right? When that stock reverses, you get the fuck out as quickly as possible because bailing is smart because you want to protect your capital. And not only that, you're also going with human psychology because human psychology, because once the selling starts coming, humans will start bailing because they don't want to be caught with their pants hanging down and they don't want to lose a lot of money. They don't want to be the person that bought the CHR stock at $40 and then sold at $1. They want to be the ones that bail out and minimize their losses because when you minimize your losses, what happens is that you survive to trade another trade. And when you survive to trade another trade, you're going to do fine. It's like that in all aspects of life. You can't make somebody like you. You can't make somebody think or do a certain thing, right? So all you can control is yourself. All you can do is access any situation you're in. You can access a social situation the same way you can access a stock trading situation. Those numbers, those candles, and all that price action, and all those pivots and everything else, they will show themselves, and it's all based on human psychology. So why did I do stock trading? For that reason, because it's fucking fun to be able to go and analyze human psychology in a candle game every single day. That's it. Later. DavidWygant.com.